You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, home of Michael K. Show trivia champion, Gordon Damer. Are we not playing the music anymore, Brian? Yes, of course. That title still, this is not a 24-hour thing. I'm going to be talking about this to my grandkids someday. But a whole bunch to talk about today. Locked and loaded. Ready? Well, I think we're ready to roll on this Thursday. One hour. We'll run through it all. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Now on Twitter, over 5,000 followers. And steadily over f- I figured for sure that it was going to be 5,001, 5,002, and then 4,998. But that has not been the case so far. So good news there as well. We got our daily poll question, which is up for today. But uh, lots of stuff to do. Moment of inspiration at 5.30-ish. You know all the staples. But uh, let's begin at the start, at the beginning. NBA players arriving in Orlando yesterday as the league starts to ramp up uh, their restart of the schedule. Now, not all players arrive. Some have already been there, apparently. And it's probably a good idea, right, to scale things so that not everybody is arriving all at one time. Take things slowly. you still got some time until the uh, schedule is set to resume. Uh, I know Kawhi Leonard is one of the players who's going to arrive in a few days. And, look, we're going to start to find out, I don't think right away, but I think we're going to start to find out here over the next week or so if this is really possible. And despite all the work that's been put in, despite hearing from uh, Adam Silver, and it seems like he's got his finger on the pulse as well as anybody, I I don't think anybody could possibly know. Now, I do think the NBA has the safest plan, right? Put everybody in one place, and the NBA has several advantages that other sports leagues don't have, right? They, they, They already have played a majority of their season, so... Pretty much they're just focusing. I know they have some other games to play before the playoffs, but they're really focusing on the playoffs. They have everybody in one place. They don't have as many people on the court or on the field as many, right? Smaller number of people involved. Not as many games to play as other leagues. Like baseball is trying to play 60 games and then the playoffs. Uh, the NFL obviously has some some pretty big disadvantages going even though they've had the advantage of having all this time. Uh, I'm interested to see just how adaptable the NBA is, right? Like whether players will stay inside the bubble, what's going to happen if players don't do that. And I don't really think that there's any way to truly know. You can go into a situation and feel like, no, of course, I'll stay inside the bubble. I'll follow all the rules that are supposed to be followed. But there's a lot of people that are involved. I mean, this play, you know, every team has 15 players, and sometimes they're going to need more than that. So there's no way to truly know if everybody's going to follow the rules. And it's one thing to say that before anything's begun. When the reality of the situation sometimes faces you, and you're doing this for weeks and weeks on end, it might be easier said than done. Now, even before they begin, I do think the league screwed up by bringing 22 teams. I think that they this was the time to scale things back, not ramp things up. But they're going with 22. I guess if you're still concluding the uh, Brooklyn Nets, who are just signing guys just to be able to play, that's what I mean by adaptable. Like, is If there's an outbreak on a team, and I know the league has said that they're not going to shut things down for one positive test or two positive tests, 
But what happens if uh, you have to send an entire team home? All these things are up in the air, and we're about to find out. Now, you might not be an NBA fan. But even if you're not an NBA fan, you should be rooting for the NBA to succeed. Why? Because if they don't succeed, it's very hard to envision any sports league succeeding. Especially considering, as I mentioned, all the benefits the NBA has. One location, trying to keep everybody safe in one place rather than playing games here and there and who knows what people do when the games are over and who they're interacting with. Are they practicing social distancing? I mean, at the end of the day, athletes, not just in the NBA, but baseball, football, you know, there's a reason why a lot of times they don't think the rules apply to them because generally the rules in their life have not applied to them. Things that other people aren't able to do, they're able to do. So... Who knows what people will do? You know, baseball players, it's all well and good to say practice social distancing, wear a mask, do all these things. But you know there's going to be guys, you know people in your own life who are not following those rules or don't believe in those rules. So if you're not an NBA fan, you should still be rooting for the NBA to succeed because if they don't succeed, given all the benefits and things and advantages going in their favor of smaller amount of people, one location – not having as many games to play as other leagues, if they don't succeed, I don't see any way uh, anyone will succeed. So that's the one story that was out there yesterday I wanted to touch on. Second story was there was a report that the Washington Redskins, obviously they plan to change their name. They have not come back from that internal review and said, no, you know what, we're good. No, they're going to obviously change the name, and, and that was, uh, that's been pretty clear since they announced uh, the review. But Adam Schefter tweeted out yesterday that in their discussions about a potential new name, Washington is planning on having no Native American, uh, no Native American imagery, according to a league source. Well, I think that's kind of the point, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, is that news to anybody? Right. It would seem kind of weird that you were going to change the name of the team, but you were going to keep you know, the same logo that you've had. Like, that's the point. Like, you've finally come to the decision to, and and even though they haven't named the the results of this internal review, that's the results. They're going to change the name of the team. So it would be really weird if they decided to change the name of the team and keep, I I just kind of assumed that that was going to be the case. Now, there's some talk that the new name is going to be revealed in a couple of weeks. I would think, and look, I could be wrong, this is not the Michael K. Show Last Man Standing contest where I'm right all the time. This is, you know, who knows what ha- ends up happening. But it seems like the leader in the clubhouse for a new name would be Red Tails, right? Allows them to keep the, it allows them to have as seamless a change as possible, right? Keep the same color scheme. Uh, they keep the, the, instead of hail to the Redskins, hail to the Red Tails. It's almost, there was a, a, a supermarket chain, I think it was in the 80s, uh, that was called Food Town. That was like a local, I don't remember where it was, Maryland or somewhere in the mid-Atlantic states. And they started to expand, and then they, re- they found out that there was another company called Food Town. So they had to change their name, and they changed it to Food Lion, because one of the reasons was their sign out front, they'd only have to change two of the, the letters from Food Town to Food Lion. 
So I think it, I don't think that they have to worry about the uh, th- that aspect of the financial, but I think that they want to have as seamless a change as possible and keep as many things, right? Like if you change the color scheme and you change it to, uh, I know Warriors has been a, a popular one, um, and there's been some other ones that have been brought up. It just seems like Red Tails would allow you to keep as many things. You know, they have the hashtag, uh, Hail to the Redskins, uh, HTTR, so that would allow you to keep that as well, and, and it really wouldn't be as uh, abrupt a change um, as some of the other suggested names have been. So I, I think it's probably going to be Red Tails. Uh, and then you have, of course, the Steven Jackson story. Uh, which now, I guess you'd have to say it's the Steven Jackson story more than the Deshaun Jackson story, right? Like, Steven Jackson has now overtaken Deshaun Jackson in a story about Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun, who has since apologized now, I believe, twice after his uh, comments on social media, fake quoting Adolf Hitler, which... Again, even though we've been saying it for a couple of days now, is a really weird sentence to say out loud, especially broadcasting. Um, but, uh, you know, Deshaun apologized, said that he's going to reach out to leaders in the Jewish community and all those type of things. Stephen Jackson, who came to Deshaun's defense right away, has, it seems like, gone the other way, basically uh, doubling down on, I, I don't know what else to call it, but textbook anti-Semitism saying that, in essence, the Jews own all the banks. Uh, Very, very odd. And I I don't know. I mean, look, this is not a misstep at this point. And you can argue whether or not Deshaun Jackson, you know, what his motivation, was it ignorance, was it stupidity, all these different things. Um, This is not a misstep by Steven Jackson or being caught in the moment. I was watching... Um, before the show today, Stephen Jackson on CNN and the interviewer was Don Lemon, who repeatedly gave Stephen Jackson opportunity to, you know, backtrack or make clear that he is not saying what he is essentially saying, which is, again, textbook anti-Semitism. So this is not a misstep or being caught in the moment or being unclear, or having your words taken out of context. Uh, and maybe it's because Deshaun Jackson has the NFL behind him, and you know the league is so powerful they can go to him and sit him down and say, look, th- you know, this is what you're essentially saying. And then at least, I don't know whether it dawns on Deshaun Jackson, you know, if he's truly sorry, or if this is just pressure being put on him by the league. But Steven Jackson is a retired player. I, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have uh, that... That force in his life that someone can go to him and say, look, you know, what you're saying here, this is why it's offensive. Uh, But it does kind of, you know, he has done, Stephen Jackson has done amazing work after the the death of George Floyd. And, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Continuing down this road kind of undermines all that good work because he comes across as as an anti-Semite nut. So uh, hopefully that, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the next road is down there, that road. Uh, I don't think it's a story we're going to continue to follow because it doesn't really deserve to be followed at this point. But uh, it is, um, it's troubling. And, you know, one thing that I said yesterday that I really wish I had not was we were talking about why more NFL players have not come out uh, and, you know, bashed Deshaun Jackson's comments. 
Uh, and, you know, people have brought up, you know, the, the, the Jewish population in the NFL. You know, there's not that many players in the NFL who are Jewish, so maybe it's not as relatable to them. as a. I don't think you have to be Jewish to come out and bash fake quotes from Adolf Hitler. So that's a bad job by me. I know other people have brought that up, but that's a stupid point and uh, one that I will not make again. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, so phone calls, we'll get those coming up. Also, the Ivy League. I yesterday made a, I don't know if it was a shocking announcement, but it is an important one. They have ruled out playing any sports this fall due to coronavirus. So that ties into our poll question for today. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And it is, with that decision, do you think there will be a college football season this year. Now, this is not, I'm not giving you the caveat of pushing it to the fall or, or, excuse me, pushing it to the spring. I'm talking about this year in 2020 when the college football season rolls around. Do you think there will be college football being played in this country this year? You can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. Uh, We'll get into that coming up. The Met sale, some interesting things there. Darren Ravel was on with Barton Hahn yesterday, giving some thoughts about the bidding process and who may win. Uh, I'll tell you, the bid I would want to win, and I think this one, this one is pretty clear-cut, and it's the one I'm sure all Met fans are on board with whoever ends up buying the team because they just want the Wilpons out. Like we brought up Dan Snyder being a number one seed. If we had a tournament about the, the worst owners in sports – I don't know if the maybe the Wilpons would be a number one seed. I don't know. It's very, very there's only four one seeds, right? You have all the sports, or at least three of the sports. I don't know hockey. I don't know who's the who's the worst owner in hockey. I don't know who that is. But we'd have to do some research. But would the Wilpons be a number one seed? Well, look, there's one aspect of this that every Met fan, even it doesn't matter who ends up buying the team, this is the one aspect, the most important aspect that uh, has to be uh, accomplished before you can feel comfortable about uh, the sale of the team to anybody. So we'll get into that, too. Our poll question is up for today, and it's all about, uh, do you think there's going to be a college football season this year? You know, I'm a little distracted. People know what Cameo is, right? It's like this website where you go and you can get like celebrities to record a, a personal message. And you pay, right? You pay, and it depends on who the celebrity is. Uh, I saw that Floyd Mayweather joined. And I'm fascinated always by who charges what. And I, I like to actually play a game with my wife, which she does not find as much as enjoyable as I do. But uh, play a game where you, you, know, you throw out a name and you see how much that person is going for. Now, usually, it seemed like for a long time, the highest anybody would charge would be about 500 bucks. 500 bucks to get like a personal uh, message. Who's that? And, well, 500, I think that the last one I saw that was 500 was Chevy Chase, the actor Chevy Chase. So he's a, he's a pretty big name, right? He's got yeah. a pretty, right? He was on uh, that TV show Community, late, you know, recently. But, you know, he obviously Saturday Night he's Live legend, and Caddyshack yeah. and all these type of things. So Comedy 500 legend. bucks. And he has a reputation, from what I understand, as being very arrogant. Oh, very, very arrogant. So 500 bucks, okay, fine. You know, look, if you can get it, by all means. But uh, Floyd Mayweather, now I gave you that, right? It used to be 500 was the top. Floyd Mayweather joined. How much do you think he joined for? Oh, $1,000? $999. Oh, 
I mean, do people have that much disposable income that they would want? I, I guess people do. But just to give you an idea, like Mick Foley, the act, that's a little bit more in your wheelhouse, Brian, a wrestler, yeah. right? Yep, yep. What do you? Th- I think Mick Foley's a pretty good buy. What do you think Mick Foley goes for? I haven't seen his because I used to see them too because I was just curious. Uh-huh. Me and my friend used to play this game too. Like oh, it's mu- a great game. Yeah, it's a fun much, game. It's interesting. Yeah, how much was this celebrity, especially the ones like celebrities in the 90s and 80s? I was always curious. Yeah. Um, Mick Foley. I want to say he charges 100 or 200. Well, which do you think? 100. 100 bucks? Actually, you'd be high. He wow. actually only charges 75 bucks. Wow. That's a good That's pretty good, that's right? Pretty I feel good. like that's a pretty good buy. Yeah, that's not bad. And he's How a legend. How much do you think um, Johnny Damon? Oh, I have not seen this one. Baseball, former baseball star. I would say he's 100 then. 100 bucks. You're right. Okay. You want another couple of athletes here? Go ahead. I love this game. This, this, is, this is such a. I love this game. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, let's go. Um, all right, you, you're big into the, the into the wrestling, so we'll go that. We could go with celebrities too. Uh, let's give you another wrestler. I have a. Co- all right, here you go. Here's a here's an athlete, Brett okay. Favre. Oh. Now, Ooh. as I said, Brett Favre's been on there for a while, and it used to be 500 was the top. So I'll yeah. give you that as a as a baseline. Packers legend. Right, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. I want to say 250. 300. Oh, I was a little close. Low. Yeah, a little close. low. Close, not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. Um, all right, I'll give you Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Okay, he's, yeah. He was famous for a, a right. while, but he's uh-huh. not, not a lot of people know him today. I have not seen the Hacksaw in a while. I have not seen the 2 by 4 in quite some time. I want to say 75. I think you nailed it. Hold on, Whoa. let me see. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I had him a second ago. I moved because I was like, yeah, 75. You got it on the button, Brian. <laughs> yes. Very good. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see. Can I get to uh, – let's, let's, let's get another one. It's all, yeah, you like this game. See? <laughs> if we had something to give away on this show, we, we could do this as a segment, but we don't have anything. One day, one day. Right. So, People uh, still don't want my autograph, even despite winning the Michael K. Show uh, trivia contest. Oh, God. Uh, let's see. Do I have one more good one here? I don't see anybody on this page. The page is a little clunky. No 90 star – uh, let's see. Uh, well, I have music. Well, I'll tell you the Does categories I have, have and you can go here. Here Does- we go. Sports, music, reality TV, Netflix, and TV. Netflix. Uh, let's creators. See. Okay. Staff picks. Let's go with Netflix. I'm Netflix. Curious. All right, let's go here. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I like how you take right, your I'll time give you, uh, I'll give you... You can go by show on TV, The Office, Friends, Parks and Rec, Seinfeld, or The Bachelor. Let's go with The Office. The Office. All right. Let's see who we have on The Office. Oh, wow. We have a lot of people from The Office. I didn't know this many people were regularly on The Office. All right. Let's go with- um, Definitely not Steve Carell. He would not do that. No. Uh, oh, no. I don't know. Let's see. No, I don't think he I would feel here. like it'd be like- yeah, uh, No, Steve Carell, he's too big a star, right? Yeah. He, he's, a, he's like a legit, legit star. Um. All right. How about we go with Jan, the actress who played Jan, who whose name is Maloria Harden. The redhead is that the redhead? No, Jan is a, is a Michael's. Oh, uh, of yeah. course. I could. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Now I remember the episode. <laughs> right. Oh, Jan. Jan. She also made guest appearance on other big shows too. 
Yeah, I don't really feel like I've seen her in anything else. She's fantastic in I The Office. I think it was Friends. And really did a beautiful job with her character, like changing her character, you know, from kind of nondescript to when she starts dating Michael to becoming a real nut. Yes. Very, very funny. Yes. Jan. All right, what do you think she goes for? Jan, I want to say 150. 299. Oh, come on. Wow. That is, that, that, is, is, that is a little high for Jan. Yeah, I think so too. Because I could get Mick Foley for se- I could have Mick Foley do like four or five things for me for the yes, price of can. one jam. <laughs> we should do Mick Foley for this. Yeah. Show. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we could go down this wormhole, and uh, we're we're eating up time in this segment the whole time. Um, right, let's, let's go to the, the poll question. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, poll question. Right. Oh, right. That's what we're doing today. Right. Uh, okay. So. The Ivy League announced yesterday that it's ruled out playing all sports this fall. Uh, and they become the first Division I conference to say it's not going to hold sports because of, obviously, coronavirus. <laughs> Why else do you think they're against? So no decision has been made about winter or spring sports or whether fall sports could be played in the spring. So that's kind of up in the air. And as I said before, it's not really a shock. It's a conversation we've been having for a while. And if there was going to be a league that made this call now, not really a shock that it's the Ivy League that, that made it, right? They were the first ones, I think, even before the Big East tournament was called off, even before uh, you know sports, the NBA shut down, they had uh, put rules in place to, to cancel playing. And look, if, if you're, I'm sure the school has placed restrictions on travel and group size and they have, I'm sure they have social distancing policies if and when schools do open back up, who's allowed on campus, who's not allowed. So I guess you could, if you had one criticism, I guess you could probably have put this off for a while, but it doesn't really seem like it really benefits them to do so. Like, unless there's some major medical breakthrough here in the next couple of weeks, it seems like this is a conversation that all these conferences, all these leagues are going to have to have. Now, it seems like, the power, according to the article on ESPN.com, the Power Five conferences are going to wait until July to make the call. I guess you, you can do that, right? See where the country is at then. And if you do that, right, if you make it in, at the end of July, you would then have the knowledge of how Major League Baseball did and NBA and how they're faring. You know, so you can take that time. Uh, so time is important. But as we've seen, the luxury of time is really not that big of a benefit mainly because things have not changed all that dramatically. I mean, they have in some places, but there has not been the big medical breakthrough that I think that we're all kind of hoping for so we can all get back to our lives as normal and stop, uh, you know, fighting each other over, you know, wearing a mask or not. And you have to wonder that the, the impact that's going to have, because here's the thing, right? Like if it was just about health and safety, which you would think it's just about health and safety, these schools would obviously say, well, no, we can't have football. But the problem is college football has to benefit financially all these other programs, all these other sports programs that they're running, right? They, they, this cash cow that they have is going to directly impact schools sooner rather than later. Now, you had Stanford announcing yesterday that they're cutting 11 varsity sports, wrestling, volleyball among them. Some of them are, are smaller sports, granted. Uh, but if there's no college football, if that cash cow is going away for a year, it's going to have a major – think about it. Stanford, if you were talking about schools that, in terms of endowments, 
it would have to be top five, top ten in the entire country, and they're already... Now, maybe they were going to make this decision anyway, even before coronavirus, but the fact that they're coming out now and saying it makes it pretty clear that coronavirus is one of the, the reasons why they're doing it. They realize that they're going to have far less revenue, and there's no reason to continue on with the these sports. And again, some of them are smaller. You know, I think one of them is field hockey. Um, I'm not telling you that these are sports that we focus on or other sports shows focus on. But you know what? For the kids that are involved, it has to be absolutely awful in a time that has been absolutely awful. And, you know, I was talking with somebody, and they raised a good point about another factor, and they're far smarter than I am, but that's that's not really narrowing down the field very much. Uh, another factor that you have to keep in mind, like we talk about all the, the negative parts of for football, like the, the difficulties they're going to have having a season, right? What the sport is, the amount of people that are involved. Another negative for college football, for NFL football, the severity of the virus for people who are overweight, it has been shown it impacts them far greater than the, the regular person. Now, look, football players in general are healthy even though they are bigger, but people with higher BMIs, the, the, the studies have shown. Now, I get, you know, football players are a different breed and they are healthy even though they're big, but it doesn't, just because other people have been, you know, like everybody's like, well, you know what? Kids aren't really impacted, so we should open the schools this fall. Well, not every kid is going to not be impacted by it. There are going to be people who are impacted by it, even though they're not in the higher groups. So the severity of the virus for people who are overweight, I think that that is another thing, especially if you're a college school, right? A college school, boy, oh boy. Um, if you're a college or school, all right, Brian, you don't need to point it out. Do you realize who I am? I am Michael K. Show trivia champion. I got so confused. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yes, colleges, schools, if you're opening them and you're, you, you know, the, the point is to be taking care of and, and nurturing these people. And are you going to be able to put them in harm's way? I, I just don't think that there's going to be a college football season. I think that uh, as time goes on and not much changes, I think the only obvious answer, is, despite all the money that's involved, so I'm sure they're going to put this off for as long as they can because they've been rolling the dough as a result of it. But at the end of the day, when, when, when the rubber hits the road in late July or maybe early August, that they can push it off until then – I think that uh, if you're hoping to have a college football season, I think you're going to be out of luck. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Jerry is in Brooklyn. Jerry, what's going on, my man? Good morning, Gordon. This is the first time I'm calling um, ESPN, and I just wanted to say I wake up with you in the morning, and I find you absolutely entertaining. And I grew up, I'm a lot older than you, listening to sports radio. I can't believe you're only on for an hour. But um, you really, uh, you're really entertaining, in my opinion. Um, let me just say this about college sports. I, um, you know, when they canceled the NCAA basketball tournament, I thought the schools were really going to be in trouble uh, with the money that, uh, that 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 it brings into the colleges. And now they may be canceling the football season. Not surprised the Ivy League. Uh, is the first to do so. And I read yesterday that Stanford cut 11 varsity sports. Yeah. Um, 
And, and, and my thought is, Gordon, that um, where, where will, will um, college sports wind up? How much, if they don't have a football season, will this hurt them down the road? And let me just add one more quick thing, if I may. Um, I, I don't believe that there are a lot of parents that want to pay $60,000 a year, just using that as a middle-of-the-road number, to pay for online training. Um, if I had a child, I would keep my child home and let them take a year off. So I think I think they have a lot of issues. Uh, we're talking about older professors or we're talking about older assistant coaches yeah. that could be vulnerable to the virus. It's not the kids. Uh, so there are a lot of questions that are yet to be answered. Thank you so much for letting me have this opportunity. Absolutely, Jerry. Thanks for the call. And hopefully, uh, if we had promos for the show, Jerry would be in one of them, right? Like he was just, uh, it's very rare that I get any compliments at all, but uh, Jerry, fantastic call. First time out, right out of the box. You nailed it. The first thing you always do when you call a talk show, uh, I feel like you will always be given more leeway if you just compliment the person. We're all very fickle that way. You just compliment us and we'll let you talk for an hour. And that's our whole show. All right. So the, 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 the school aspect, right, not just the college aspect. And my wife is a teacher, so this is something that pops up in our house from time to time. And there's been this push because of things that we're not going to get into about, you know, kids have to be back in school this fall. They have to have to have. Well, the problem is, uh, uh, one of them, like, like, it's all well and good to say this has to happen. But then as soon as you start to scratch at the surface, and I don't mean like dig deep down things that most people aren't. I mean, just scratch at the surface. Say you have it, right? The kids who are generally not impacted by the virus that greatly, okay, fine. That doesn't mean that they're all not going to be, but okay, fine. The teachers. What happens when a teacher comes down with it? Then they have to quarantine for 14 days. Who teaches the class then? Does the teacher teach from home? Are they off for those 14 days? Are they not getting paid for those 14 days? I mean, there's a lot of stuff to work through. You can't just all of a sudden say, this has to happen and we're doing I think that that's one of the aspects. Uh, you know, college professors being, it's, it seems c- completely irresponsible that you're putting all these rules in place. Like, say schools are able to open up for, for some aspect, even if it's not all the students, and they're back on campus primary back in dorms, all these type of things, which seems kind of far-fetched right now. But let's say that is the case. You're putting all these rules in place. And yet, you know, social distancing, no groups, but you're going to go play football? <laughs> I mean, it seems completely illogical. And I, look, I want sports back. It's my job. It gives me something that I can focus on so I can get away from my family for a couple hours. I'm cooped up in this house. But it just seems completely irresponsible for institutions that are supposed to be nurturing and building, you know, people that it seems like in the amount of time that you have, it's one thing back in March to say, well, not canceling the football season. That's crazy. But we're into July now, folks, and it's now mid-July, right? It's the 9th. That qualifies to me as mid-July. It doesn't seem like that this is going to happen. But please, vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. At Gordon Damer. And then there was one, and it was Sting, and he didn't look too good. 
Hulkamania! Hulk Hogan is here! Hulk Hogan's here! Hulk Hogan is in the building! You're damn right he is! Go get him, Hulkster! Yeah, but whose side is he on? Go, what are you talking about? Whose side is he on? What are you talking about? Yes, sir! Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! Come on and get some of this now! Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrived! WCW, he is the third man Look in at this. this picture. Oh my God, what the hell is going on? Oh my God. What a fantastic, fantastically presented storyline. Our moment of inspiration for this Thursday morning. Of course, Hulk Hogan turning out to be the third guy. Bash at the Beach, 1996. The NWO, I think that that was the last time that I was into, not into, but followed pro wrestling because that was so fantastically presented. You know, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall coming over from WWF, or was it WWE back then? I think it was still WWF. WWF. Yeah, it was still WWF. Coming over and seemingly, you know, infiltrating WCW and then having Hulk Hogan turn out to be that third guy. And uh, the whole uh, Hollywood Hogan and NWO, I mean, that just fell right into my uh, wheelhouse. Uh, Great stuff and uh, perfectly presented. And we had a lot of options today. We had uh, Pete Alonzo winning the Home Run Derby a year ago. But unless you're new to the show, you knew that (laughs) wasn't going to be it. Tom Hanks' birthday today. How how old do you think Tom Hanks is? Brian, I'll give you a first crack since you're the only person here. Uh, Tom Hanks... 62? 64. Close. Oh, close. You're come wrong. on. Uh, LeBron's press conference. Not the, the decision. I think that that was the day before. But I think today was the anniversary of that press conference, which everybody always says the decision was a mistake. And I said at the time, I don't think the decision was the mistake. It was that press conference where he talked about how, oh, we're not going to win two, not, not three, one, not four. Not two, not three. Yeah, that was, I think to me, you know, they came out almost like villains. Now, not to the fans of the Miami Heat, but we did not use that one either. Now, Bash at the Beach from 1996, our moment of inspiration for this uh, Thursday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Our poll question, which is up for today on uh, Twitter, as it always is, home of Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer, uh, and now over 5,000 followers, too. Yes! And over 5,000 followers. Do you have the... uh... It happened! Yes, it happened. Finally. It happened! It happened! Thank you, Jim Lampley. Um, Our poll question is, with the Ivy League announcing it's ruled uh, outplaying all sports this fall, with that in mind, do you think there will be a college football season? Either, uh, of course, or nah. Well, look, I mean, of course is getting trounced right now, much like Sting in the ring uh, at the hands of the NWO. But... The amount of money. I mean, if there's any way whatsoever that these schools and these conferences can justify playing, they're going to try to play. And they'll put this off as long as they have to. And maybe originally, that if they do postpone, they'll postpone the spring. I don't know. Uh, but you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. We'll get back to the calls in a second. But I did think uh, it was interesting yesterday, Darren Ravel 
was on with Barton Hahn. Barton Hahn, obviously, on uh, 1 to 3, Monday through Friday, and had some interesting things to say about the Mets' potential sale. Will Pond's looking to get out, and it uh, seems like there is no shortage of interest, which, again, I bring this up every time. I don't know if the people who are bidding have talked to current Major League Baseball owners, but remember, when the whole back and forth over the, the labor deal for this season and the finances for this year, we had owner after owner saying, you know, you don't really make that much money in Major League Baseball. You know, it's not this cash cow you think it is. So I hope for their sake, these people that are putting up big money, billions of dollars, are careful because you can't, they came out and said it. You can't make money in baseball. Yes, I bought the thing for $500 million and now it's worth $2.5 billion, but you know... That money, uh, I don't know. It's 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 not what you think it is. Yes, two point five billion dollars seems like a lot, but it's not really that much. So hopefully these people know what they're doing. So Darren was on with Barton Hahn, and he talked about uh, Steve Cohen, who I guess you'd have to say is still the favorite, mostly because it seems like he's the guy who has the most money. He was close on a deal before. So here's Darren Ravel talking about Steve Cohen and the Mets deal. Clearly, uh, this is not the $2.6 billion offer that that Steve Cohen last made and was really one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard in my life to say, yeah, you can pay us $2.6 billion, but you know, we still need to be majority owners for five years. I mean, that has never been done. The only thing that's ever been done is, okay, you buy 49%. I'm the majority owner as long as I have majority share, and I'll give you the option within three or four years to buy the rest. That was done with Wayne Huizenga. That was done with Art Bodell. Um, uh, Stephen Ross and, and Stephen Bishotti buying those shares. But the idea of let's still be owners as you buy the team and we'll have like a very small minority is completely asinine. And I was surprised Steve even agreed to it at first. And I think at some point that was really what made him say, no, what am I doing here? Yeah, well, I mean, he should have thought that already. Uh, and maybe he's just such a big fan and, and wants to be in Major League Baseball so badly that he was willing to do whatever uh, to be to to take part. Uh, I guess he would have to, if he does, I know that there's been some conversations between Cohen's camp and the Wilpons camp. The first thing that Steve Cohen should do is uh, send a, a big uh, fruit basket, one of those um, 1-800-Flowers fruit baskets, over to the Wilpons for backing out of the – or having him back out of the deal – because it's pretty clear at this point with everything going on, they're not going to get 2.5 again, $2.5 billion again. But the real key, and everybody's focused on who's going to buy it. Is it going to be J, uh, A-Rod's group or J-Rod's group with uh, Jennifer Lopez part of it? Is it going to be Steve Cohen's group? The biggest thing that has to be decided, once you get to the fact that the Wilpons are going to sell to somebody, will the Wilpons fight for any control? Because that, to me, is it seems like time and time again, this issue has come up about the, the Mets selling or the Wilpons selling, and it always seems to be the, the sticky wicket is that they always want to control some aspect of the team still, right? With that Steve Cohen deal, they were going to control the team for five more years, and the deal basically fell apart, according to the reports, because the Wilpons wanted Jeff to still run the team. You're paying $2.5 billion, and you have to allow Jeff Wilpon to run the team 
for another five years. I mean, it's insane. So here's uh, Darren Ravel. Will the Wilpons still fight for some control? I don't, I think you lose that luxury now. Uh, remember, um, I think franchise values drop uh, for teams more when when the owner's primary business is the team, uh, or if the primary business of the owner has been significant, significantly compromised, uh, the Wilpons are in real estate significantly compromised. So I think we're we're under two billion, and I do not expect that that catch of you still got to let us in. I look, Darren knows more about this. He follows it much closer than I do. The one thing that would concern me is that you have so many people and so many groups bidding. Would the Wilpons maybe take a little bit less, even though they're already going to be taking, it seems like, a considerable amount less? Would they take, if one group bids 1.9 and another group bids 1.7, but that 1.7 allows the Wilpons to keep some form of control for some period of time, I would be concerned if I were a Met fan that the the Wilpons would go with the 1.7 rather than the 1.9. And that's a real problem. I think, I mean, we're all kind of in agreement that if you're a Met fan, you would want the Wilpons out and somebody else in, no matter if it's, if it's, if it's A-Rod's group, if it's Steve Cohen's group, if it's one of these other groups that have been floated – um, but uh, here's Darren, one final one about uh, who he thinks is going to get to the Mets. It'll be under under two. Yeah, one nine maybe. I think Cohen has the capacity to get the biggest number. The question is going to be what type of deal it actually is. Like how much cash, how much now. Is it reliant on Jeff Wilpon staying in the front office? I think the Mets are still going to try to pull that, and you wonder – they have the right to take a lower offer, you know. So, you know, I, I saw Charlie Gasparino on Twitter said they're just going to tell Steve Cohen to bid two hundred thousand dollars more. Yeah. But you know, there's a whole there's a whole lot of you know what what the debt arrangement is. How, how much are they giving in cash? How does it come in? And and then the catch of you know, can Jeff Wilfon still be around? Yeah, so I think all the optimism and all the, the hope that, all right, the Wilpons, they're going to have to be forced to sell, and God, they need to sell. We, we talked about that uh, last week about, you know, if you think about the Wilpons and their financial problems, you throw into the mix the, the revenue that's going to be lost for this upcoming season because of no fans and everything and the, and the impact that that will have on their, you know, on their payroll for, for the following season and – the people that they already have locked in, Cano, uh, Jay Reese Familia, the contracts that they already have. I mean, they would be talking probably if they Wilpons were to keep the team, you're talking about a payroll the following year of about maybe $120 million, $130 million. Uh, that's not what you should be operating at in a major, you know, a major market like New York. So it's good that I think that the Mets are going, that the Wilpons are going to be so, selling the team. But I am interested to see not just who buys it, but whether or not they are able to get the Wilpons out altogether and that Jeff is not going to be running the team uh, for you know the next few years. So I'm looking at uh, Tom Hanks' IMDb page for his uh, 64th birthday and I'm trying to figure out what is the, you know, we did not have that many options of Tom Hanks in the rewatchable movie bracket, but his best movie... If you're just talking about movie overall, I guess you'd have to say 
Uh, it's probably Saving Private Ryan. Now, that's not a rewatchable movie because the topic is, you know, it's it's especially that opening sequence, which is impressive and, uh, and it, it certainly impactful. But it's not a it's not a sit down. It's not uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> let's put it that way. Right. It's not. Uh, hey, let's rewatch this one again. I mean, you have to be in a very specific place to uh, be rewatching Saving Private Ryan. But in terms of most rewatchable, I think we only had Forrest Gump. Oh, no, we had Bachelor Party in there, too. You didn't want to add a Forrest Gump. Oh, I did not add Forrest Gump. We had Bachelor Party, but not Forrest Gump. There was I, some look, controversy over that. Go- yeah, there's never going to be a time that that I'm sitting down and um, going to rewatch Forrest Gump. It's And it's almost like, you know, the, the Academy Awards are almost like NFL drafts. Like, you need a couple of years to really tell what you're the best. You should not be deciding that in the year the movie comes out. You need a couple of years. I don't remember what was. I think it was Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, and Forrest Gump. They were all up in the same year. I could be wrong about that, but there's no way. If you asked anybody, what's the best movie from 1994? You are not going. Yeah, 94 was Forrest Gump. You're not going to say Forrest Gump. Come on, please. But I think the um, the two that I would say of of, and we did not include this one. Well, catch me if you can. We did include that one. The other one that's completely rewatchable is That Thing You Do. Anybody ever watch That Thing You Do? Oh, that's a fan- that is a fantastically rewatchable movie. There's no question about that. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. In terms of the stories of the morning, we've been talking about college football. I know you're probably waking up and saying, wait a second, what year is it? Gordon's talking about college football? Well, it has to do with the fact that the Ivy League announced yesterday that they are not going to be having any uh, fall sports, that they have already canceled it, uh, all sports this fall, and uh, it will um, make a decision about the winter sports, the spring sports uh, later, and and whether or not the fall sports could be played in 2021. And it's not really a shock, right? It's a conversation that we've been having for a while. Um, also, we've talked about the NBA as they kind of start to ramp up uh, for their season. And even if you're not an NBA fan, you should be rooting for the NBA. And the, the reason why is very simple. Because if the NBA, with all the advantages that they have going on, are not able to complete their season and crown a champion, I'm telling you right now, no sports will. None. All right, let's get a couple more calls in here before we get out of here at the top of the hour. Spike is in Jersey. Spike? Good morning. Got up early so I could get you, get you. Uh, on Cameo. When I subscribe to Cameo, I pay forty nine cents a call, and I get Phil Swift. Who's oh Phil Swift is the uh, what Flex is all guy. What? Oh yeah, Flex Seal. Yeah, right. And, and after you call him five times, you get a bucket at a slop. So anyway, bad joke. Uh, the NBA with the bubble, I could use Phil Swift. Swift as a hole in that bubble. You're, I was thinking about that one hundred percent. You're so right. If they get one bad case. Game, set, and match, everything's going to shut down. Let's hope it doesn't. And I just looked at the cases from yesterday. My God, this thing's spreading like uh, my ex-wife spreads rumors about me. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, it's Spike, and thanks for the call. I mean, it's very – I hate to say this, especially at the, the, the risk of, of, of jinxing myself. It feels like at this point, if you're still getting it, unless you're in one of these really high – risk areas it almost feels like an iq test at this point people like wear a mask socially distance don't go places you don't have to go it's it's clear all the experts the ivy league has of course they're the first ones to shut it down they're the smart ones 
All right, that's going to do it for today. We're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow. Vote on the poll question up on Twitter and Instagram at Gordon Damer. Gordon Damer Show, Michael K. Show, Trivia Champion, signing off for another day. We'll back tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.